I'd like to welcome everybody back to another episode of Game Wreckers and Slobberknockers. We're here today with Coach Ryan Johnson, the defensive coordinator at Marquette High School in Alton, Illinois. He's the defensive coordinator there. Coach, welcome. Thanks for having me on, Matt. Hey, Coach, you know, um, you've got a YouTube channel out there. It's got a lot of great drills and stuff on it. Um, but for those of us who don't know you as well, um, can you tell me a little bit about yourself? Tell us about where you've been and, like, levels you've coached at. Yeah, so um, started off playing football at the age of five, played all the way through high school, um, had about three years there in between uh, where I wasn't coaching and playing. And um, I'll tell you what, it might have been some of the most, you know, I hate to use the word depressing, but it was probably some of the most depressing time in my life. And, um, you know, decided to get into coaching youth football and did that for some years and, and loved it and um, you know, some of the guys in the area said, you know, you should really look into coaching high school football. And uh, here in Illinois, um, you don't have to be a teacher to be a coach. I'm actually, I actually work in home health care um, for the Illinois Department of Public Health. Um, so I went and took the test and became ASCP certified, uh, American Sports Education Program, and got into high school coaching about 10 years ago. And I've currently been at Marquette for the last seven, uh, D.C., um, this will be year five um, of being the defensive coordinator there. So Nice. So it seems like you seem to have a, a, a long line of coaching, especially at the high school level, 10 years. But, you know, you spent some time in, in doing uh, um, peewee and did you say middle school as well? Uh, no, actually, just just youth football. Just youth football. Um, from okay. and and actually, uh, most of the time when I coached youth football, um, I stayed with that same kind of age group. It was really a lot eight to ten year olds. Okay. Um, which I think is a great time, right? Because I mean, I've I've heard some people say, "Oh, well, I don't want to get my kid involved in football until junior high," you know. And then you have some parents that get your their kid involved right at five years old. You can start playing tackle football here in Illinois. Okay. Um, and, and for some kids, five is way too early. I mean, obviously, if you've got a aggressive, rambunctious kid, maybe football is the sport for him at five. But if you have a shy, you know, maybe more timid child at five, I don't think football is the sport to get him into it, especially because we want him playing come high school time. Right, right. I think so many youth coaches burn kids out so early and put so much pressure on them to win. And it's like, you know, you're trying to win a Lombardi trophy at the youth level. I mean, let's focus on blocking and tackling. Yeah, and can we know, get the I, basics get the basics done first? <laughs> absolutely. I mean, and you know what? And again, I think that's where um colleagues in the area that coached at the high school level were like, we need more, you know, youth guys that are like that. So um I coached youth football for nine years. Um, three of the years when I first started coaching high school football, I was still doing youth football as well. So I'd go to my high school practice in the afternoon. We'd get done about six o'clock. I'd go over to the youth field. Um, you know, assistant coaches would have things going and then I'd get there about six 30 and we'd practice till late. And that was my day. I mean, as a football <laughs> guy, I love it. And, and thankfully I married a woman that loves football as well. So that was, was it, that's a tip right there oh absolutely my wife um came from a family that didn't have it was her and her sister her dad didn't play football but you know we dated while i was getting into coaching so she became the perfect football wife you know at least for me in my eyes she's the perfect football wife the one question i have though is when those years that you were coaching high school and peewee at the same time what was the transition like from going from a high school level down to the peewee level well, see, that's that's one thing that I consider myself great at because, again, especially at youth level, right, you may have all kinds of football knowledge. Right. But you can't be down there talking to a, a kid about, you know, 34 bear claw stinger. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> they're not getting that, right? Okay. Right. Or, or, hey, we're going we're gonna to run a little, uh, you know, cut cover three here or something. You know, like, that's, that's not happening. Right. So, I think the greatest thing that I have um, and it was part of my video talking about types of players that you get as well. Um, being able to take a kid who's maybe never played the game and break it down to him in a way that he can understand. Right. Right. Because again, right, right. If a kid can understand it and, and, you know, 
my my youth guys now. So again, you know, like I said, I've been doing this a long time. I have kids now that I coached at eight or nine that are now either college or getting married or things like this now. Right. Um, so you've you got know, good relationships years. with them. Yeah. And, and you know, what's funny is they'll laugh because someone will even stop by practice to see me and stuff. And <laughs> here I am calling, you know, I'm, I'm doing this and I'm calling Wolverine and they're like, still using Wolverine blitz coach, huh? Because my <laughs> linebackers at the youth level were a Superman, a monster and Wolverine, you know, so make it us, relatable, just make it relatable right. superheroes, right? What eight right. or nine year old kid doesn't know superheroes, mm-hmm. you know, so I'd be on the sideline for us at eight or nine and doing this. And they knew that this was, what do you think this was coach? Uh, Superman. Superman. Okay. <laughs> Here I am at the high school level. doing. You know what I mean? Right. Now, obviously it's changed. It's changed over a little bit over the years. Right. But I mean, man, Football is an easy game complicated by coaches, okay? Very it, true. Like, it doesn't have to be that complicated to be successful. You can be simple and be successful. Right. Well, Coach, you know, we're ending up here in, in 2020. We're now, the, you know, we're filming this in December of 2020. Um, here in Ohio, we got lucky enough we played a season. Um, teams played anywhere from six to the state champions played 13 games, um, most of them. I know that Illinois was not lucky enough to be able to play football in the fall. How has COVID changed your season this year? How are you guys going to push moving forward? Well, um, you know, I think the the biggest interesting thing is is hopefully we play in the spring. Um, supposed to start up in in February, and you know, the goal is and the thing that concerns me is going from starting in February, running that season, much like college football talked about, right? If they run a spring season, then you're going right back into your, you know, quote unquote grind of the summertime. And there's really no, you know, give in between there. And I've seen people on Twitter and Facebook and things say, well, kids go right from football into basketball all the time or kids go. Not the same. It's 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 not not the the same. same. And even if you go football to wrestling, even, you know, I was a football wrestler. My oldest son was a football too. wrestler. Like that's even football wrestling is not the same. You still, and you know what? The the great thing, my coaches would, they wouldn't even let us, you know, we basically had to take two weeks right. from, if we were football players, when we went into wrestling season, our wrestling coaches made us take two weeks. You know, again, it was get your body, you know, and again, that's, we're, you know, again, you're going to have that time, but that's one concern that I have. The plus side to it is we now have freshmen that have been in the system now since June because we still had some contact days in June, not knowing whether or not we were going to play. Right. So now you have freshmen and a smaller school like ours where freshmen have the opportunity to possibly get some starting reps um, at the varsity level. Uh, depending on, you know, how advanced they are and skill level, things like that. But now they've had time to learn the system. They've had time to get in the weight room. Unfortunately, now the state has the weight room closed as well. So now we're trying to look at other ways to have these freshmen doing things on their own. Um, But it's kind of like we're putting two off seasons into one. You know, we got done with our season last year. We went into off season training in January. You know, we, we trained till June, got into July, and they said no football till spring. So basically, we've got to put two off seasons into one year. Right. I mean, we're basically getting a year to put two off seasons uh, together. So, right. I mean, again, you're talking about a kid that's never – we had a kid go to a combine um, this past weekend that I was fortunate enough to, to help coach at. And he's a freshman, and the guys were like, hey, you know, he looks really good for a freshman. I said, yeah, and he's never played – he hasn't even played a high school game yet. Oh. And he's out here, you know what I mean, getting looks at, at from – he hasn't even stepped on the field yet. You know, So it's, it's interesting. Seeing what you guys have gone through and us, you know, we didn't know till I think – we were a week into August before we knew we were going to play for sure. Maybe, maybe even 10 days in. And I can tell you this. I will never take for granted getting the privilege to coach the greatest sport 
in the world after seeing what we had to go through and seeing what coaches like you who didn't even get a fall season and you're hoping to have a spring season. I mean, you guys may lose an entire year of, of football based on, you know, wh- how, how the rules were made for you out of your control. You weren't given any say so well, in this. And again, I'm not, I'm not a teacher, so I get a stipend, you know, my stipend right. runs football seat, you know, from basically June to the end of football season. So obviously right. without football season being there, you know, this June through, you know, November that you're normally getting this guy. Yeah, I mean, everybody, no, we're not doing it for the money. But if they say, you know, not I mean, in the high school level, time, you're not. <laughs> no, you, you're just not. And you know what? But again, that's the difference between high school and, and college and the pros is high school, again, is more about the relationships that you build and the, you know, mentoring that you give to young people as opposed to being more of a business at the next level. Exactly. I tell all my seniors that when they're leaving and they're going on to play college, I said, here, it was a game. I said, there, it's a job because somebody's paycheck for real decides, like, they're, they're making decisions because their paycheck counts on you. So Yeah, and, and, and every kid that's there with them or whether they're ahead of them on the roster or behind them on the depth chart, they were all – probably one of the better you know one right. of the better kids at all their their high schools so right exactly um, it it's more of that next man up mentality that's for sure exactly well coach like i said earlier you have a great uh, youtube channel with a lot of information on it but you did a video um last week called designing a defense and things that 12 things that you should make decisions on when you're trying to design a defense for where you're at. I want to talk specifically about six of them that I found really, really important. Number one, talk about your type, how you choose a defense based on the type of players year to year and your school size. Yeah. So um, I think that again, that's, that was number one on the list because I think that's most important when you go into a job. Uh, hopefully you've done some research if you're just getting hired into a, a program. Um, obviously, if you've been within a program, like I was within our program for two years before taking over as defensive coordinator. So I had had the opportunity to kind of have an idea of what kind of players I was going to get year in and year out. Um, being a private Catholic school in Illinois, we don't have a feeder program, so we don't have a junior high. We do have youth uh, programs in the area, like I said, but again, none of them are specifically like, you know, these kids are for sure going to Marquette, and they know that, right. and they're running our system and doing our thing. Um, so I think you have to look at, um, you know, what kind of players and obviously the talent pool that you're getting because you want to be able to put kids in the best position to succeed, Um, whatever defense that may be. Um, I started out as a 4-3 guy, kind of morphed a little bit more into 4-2-5-ish. Now we're kind of roaming into that 3-3 territory. But one thing that hasn't really changed much is the techniques that we're playing. And, you know, even our terminology – for the most part has stayed same and our coverages um, have stayed the same behind that as well. So I think whatever you decide to do, I mean, again, for us, if we're at school size of just a little over 400 um, by school size, we have eight classifications here in Illinois Uh, because we're a private school. They have what they call a success multiplier. We've been to the playoffs 15 in the last 20 years. Um, so we're normally a 2A school that's playing a 3A or 4A schedule or playoffs. So level, uh, you're a level level or two up from where you normally Correct. Play. Okay. Correct. Um, wow. So, you know, our program, you know, if you have 400 kids in a school and you have 1,800 kids in a school, <laughs> obviously. Little different player- talent pool. <laughs> exactly. So your, your player level that you're getting in your talent pool and that you're getting to draw from are, are totally different. Uh, I mean, it's like it's like fishing in a lake and fishing in the ocean. Right. Right. I mean, you can get some big fish in the lake, but you can get some real big fish in the ocean. That is and, true. And, you know, that's what we kind of pride ourselves on. Um, 
Michael Ford, um, graduate of 14, 2014, uh, currently playing with the Detroit Lions. So again, I think that, you know, regardless of your school size that you come from, talent shines, right? I, I mean, it doesn't matter where you play at. Talent is, is going to shine. Um, so I think you have to look at what you're getting and, like I said, for us, our program from freshman all the way through senior, uh, the most I've seen in the seven years that I've been there is 52 kids in the program. That was my very first year. We had 23 freshmen. Um, but again, so you're talking from freshman to senior level, we've got about 52 kids. Um, for instance, uh, Civic Memorial, a public school, uh, 4A here in the area, um, they normally have 60 kids on the sideline, you know, 65 kids on the sideline. And that may, you know, most of the time that may not include their freshmen. So that's what we're, that's what we're looking at. And, you know, our goal is to have 10, at least 10 to 12 freshmen every year um, to keep that program going. And over the last five years that I've been the defense coordinator, I've had at least one freshman start for me on defense every year. Great. Now, that leads me to number three. And once again, folks, uh, in the comments section, I will put a link to Coach's video so you can see all 12. And I'm telling you right now, it's worth the watch because it makes you really think, even somebody who's as a grizzly old veteran like myself, it helps you go back and rethink some of your thought processes as you're doing these things. So number it three. Made, could, it made yeah. me think when I was going through, you know, when I was thinking about putting the video together, um, you know, it made me think about some things. Right. All right, Coach, your number three on that list was odd front or even front? Yeah, so odd front or even front, um, for me, again, I think it goes back to what do you know? And, and as, I, as I said, or what are you most comfortable with as well? But not only that, I think even more than that, it's what can you teach your kids, again, that they can understand? And, you know, we always talk about um, – how much does it cost, right? Everything right. is how much does it cost? You know, what, so when you're, when you're talking about odd or even, um, I think that with, with an even front, being an even front guy, I think there's a lot of simplicity in that. You know, right. a lot of, uh, m most of the time, you can even, you know, your, your one gap, this is your one gap, this is your job, and you go do it. Right. Um, and I, I think that, Sometimes when people think about the three front, everybody's thinking about six guys up on the line of scrimmage and, you know, a lot of slanting and movement. But, again, you don't have to. And that's where, again, it comes back to what kind of players are you getting year to year um, that, that would help decide that. Personally, I think that uh, as the game's moving more to that spread look, um, the more versatile that you can be and without changing what you do technique wise. Um, for instance, again, when we were, when we were four, three, four, two, we were still squeezing scrape that, right. that didn't change. It made it a little bit harder for us in it, but some of the way that we ran it and, um, uh, Pete DeWeese was a big help to me. Um, because again, I didn't like, I like, I like the four, I always liked the four, three, but I don't like the fact that, most of the time you have to have a high school kid that can kind of two gap strong a week B. Right. And you, again, am I going to get that player every year? I've had that player, but am I right. going to get that player consistently year to year that I want that to be my bread and butter? So um, he actually talked and, and, and we talked and he was a great help to me. And that's, what's great about reaching out to other coaches and getting ideas and thought process. I mean, that's one of, if there's a bright spot to 2020, it's been, I think, the brotherhood within coaching of guys sharing knowledge with each other. Absolutely. Tenfold, Absolutely. man. Tenfold. Absolutely. Um, I, I, think, I think you hit the nail on the head with that one. 2020 at least got football coaches to start talking to each other more. And, and I will tell I'll be honest with you about this. If, if you were to make me, you know, nail down – Coach Bartley, you got to pick one front. I'm an even front guy to my core. However, I also know how offenses are evolving. And I was actually had a great conversation with a friend of mine last night. And I told him, I said, well, if offenses would quit cheating so much, 
and putting Lyman downfield five yards and throwing the ball in front of the line of scrimmage. I said, it, defensive coaches wouldn't be so grumpy all the time. I said, but you guys are constantly making us <laughs> have to Look, be grumpy. Man, <laughs> it, it's, tough, it's tough to play defense these days, people. It is. I'm, I'm telling you, man. Rules like, are sloped to help the offense. I guarantee it. Absolutely. But you know what? One thing, again, I think goes back to what level you coach at. Because for us, you know, kids watch, they watch the NFL and they think that, oh, once that guy gets, you know, you know, four yards downfield, I got to get off of him. This right. is high school, bro. Right. There's no flag. There's no flag for, again, you no might contact in high the school. ball comes out. That's right. No illegal contact you know, in high school. Uh, you know, we have a, we have a, a rule for us within our coverage that, that my outside line, two doesn't cross your face. Right. I mean, he just doesn't. If he wants to cross the middle of the field, He's got to pay the toll. And by the end of the game, that price is going to be awful expensive. Exactly. And, Coach, what you just talked about brings me to, my, to the next point I wanted to talk about. Your number four, the big debate, one high or two high? So, this one, um, I'm, a, I'm a big two high guy. Right. I'm, I'm a two high guy. Um, but at the same time, um, I think that that question really needs to be based off of your schedule and the opponents that you play. Um, you know, posting up the video, I wanted all kinds of comments back, posted on Facebook as well and received some comments. Actually, one of the comments going to lead me into another video. They were asking specifically about practice plan on one platoon and two platoon. Um, but it really got, you know, some of the comments were, well, the number one thing should be the teams that you're playing on your schedule year to year. And I, I agree with that. I think that goes back to your school size, right? You have right. an idea of what type of teams you're going to play year to year. Exactly. But when you talk about odd and even and you start getting into one high or two high, you need to focus on what you play on your schedule. Look, I love watching college film. I love watching pro ball. But, man, I tell you what, I've spent a lot of, I've spent a lot of this offseason watching my – opponents that we're going to be playing this year right. you know deep diving some some things you know um now obviously some of the kids are going to change uh, but if the coaches were if the coaching staff is remaining the same most of the time you know leopards don't change their spots that's, um, right. that's where i've tried to keep uh, not evolving but still keeping it fresh because we do see the same relatively the same nine opponents on our schedule every year. Um, so there are different things that you have to pick up on. But, you know, if you're, if you're playing against a team that, that only throws the ball, you know, five times a game, I don't think you need to be too high. Um, <laughs> but, by, hey, if that's how you want to play it and you, and you got the dudes up front to do it, by, by all means, who am I to say otherwise, right? That's the great thing about the game. You can do it however you want. Um, but, like, in my video, being a Buccaneers fan, watching Tariq Hill just streak down the field on a one-high safety, I mean, I'm just like – I'm because I, I sit there and I think to myself, I'm like, I know Todd Bowles is an intelligent guy. Right. And I know as a defensive coordinator, sometimes we say, by God, we're going out there and we're doing this come hell or high water. And sometimes we're wrong. Right. Exactly. When we go in there with that attitude of, I don't care what's going on. This is what we're going to do because this is who we are. You know, you're in for a long night. And the Buccaneers were in for a long night until they decided to start. I mean, I think he had – like 200 yards in the first half and only had one or two catches in the second half right. because they, they said, look, we can't do this anymore. You know, and, and you have to be as a coach, I think willing to have that room to be able to say, okay, this isn't working. Right. You know, I say we have plan a, we have plan B. And if we go to plan C, we're screwed anyway. Right. You know, a great, a great friend of mine, and I worked for him for a couple of, uh, a few years, probably like eight years, got him bobbed along here, always equated. We keep doing the same thing. It's like, you just want to put your tongue on that belt sander, don't you? You want to keep doing the same thing. Just put your tongue on that belt sander and it'll help remind you why you don't want to do those things. Yeah. <laughs> All right, yeah. coach, number six on your list was spill or box. 
Yeah, yeah. Um, so, uh, out of curiosity, you got – you're 3-4? Yeah, I'm sorry. Four, well, I'm so, a 4-3 guy, but I've coached right. the past four in a three – the past four years in a 3-4. Right. So, so being a four guy, especially, um, I think as a four guy, you're asking yourself this question more than whether you're a three guy. Right. Right. But – so, so for you, were you more of a, a box or a spill kind of, of guy yourself? We wanted to spill everything. Right. Except, okay. except our corners. They had to box it in. Like nothing gets outside of you. You can't spill anything because there's nobody out right. there but a touchdown for the other team. So, so for us, and this has been the great thing of us kind of morphing and transitioning because I had, I've had a kid over the last two years – um, that was playing our, our rush end, our weak side end. Right. Um, but if, uh, you know, he, he, he's long, lanky, man, we have tried putting everything we can. He eats like a horse. He eats, eats, eats. He can't get any weight. He's just, he's lean and long. And, you know, so it was creating some issues, but at the same time, that's where myself as a coach, I have to come back in because he was having a tougher time working that, that, that squeeze and wrong arm um, because again, he didn't have sometimes the body to really take that on. And in his mind, he was like, well, I think I can beat him up the field, right? I can use my speed and beat him up the field. And I kept having to tell him that's what they want you to do. They want you to go up field. Right. And if you go up field, my line, and this is where I talk to my linebackers all the time. You have to make that front line, right? Exactly. Okay? So if he does it wrong, Right, you got to correct them. You got to set that that right. We, I call it I call it lanes of the highway. Right, yep. if, if you're both in the same lane, it's going to be a wreck and it's going to be a hell of a mess. Right. Okay. So, um, so but for us, that's where again, what kind of players do you have? What are you facing? What are you seeing? Um, you know, if you're seeing a lot of power, a lot of GT, again, you better be squeezing. My personal opinion. Right. I mean, I just, you know, it's so tough to get a kid, especially at the high school level, not to want to make a play. Um, you know, I tell my kids all the time, I don't want Superman out there. Give me Clark Kent. Give me the guy that does his job. So for us, squeeze it, spill it, kill it. You know, that's how we roll. Right. They know that me being the defensive line coach, I'm on it even more. I mean, like I told them, they, they start joking. Coach, do you have that tattooed on yourself somewhere? <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, you, you, do, you have it somewhere. And, and I tell them that, that, again, if we squeeze it and spill it, guys, it, you're making the play without making the play. Right. Right? I, I mean, when, when I look at it and go through, um, that's, that's what we on our team call a lockdown play. Right. A lockdown play is by you doing your job. You may not have made the play, but you made the play that made the play. You know right. what I mean? Exactly. Um, and it's tough. To me, it's tougher to get a young player to stop running off the table or off the cliff, up the field right. too far, as opposed to building that house. I mean, even with a boxing team, you know, um, obviously at the youth level, we run a lot more box, right? Everything right. is – Toss sweep left, toss sweep right. So, um, you know, we box everything. But that's a lot easier because you're not getting a lot of those pulling linemen and all this other stuff that you get at the high school level. Right. And it's easier for me to tell a kid, if you see, you know what I mean? If you see a down block here, we squeeze it and we go off of that. Right. As opposed to telling them, hey, come up field set your house, you know, build your house and, you know, don't let anything get out of you. Now it really seems like you're really trying to tell a kid, Hey, <laughs> I don't want you to make a play. Just stay here. <laughs> and then I, I feel like they play slower almost. That's just, yep. at the high school level. I feel like boxing teams, um, you know, tend to play. I, I don't know. It just, it just feels slower. I, I feel like I can take from an offensive standpoint, I feel like an offense can take a player. They can just start taking guys away. And I know that that's what they're doing with all the zone read and everything. They're trying to make your defensive end wrong 
no matter what he does. Mm -hmm. And I think that comes back into um, the type of technique that you play. Um, I've seen some guys say, well, we box and we squeeze. Um, You know, they'll come up the field and do what they call like a sink and a surf Mm -hmm. type deal where, you know, it's, it's two yards upfield, build the house. And then we kind of, you know, surf down the line type deal. That, that may work for some. Again, I'm not getting athletes year in and year out like that. Right. And I think, I think that depends on who you get. Um, so this, this, you know, you have your squeeze it, spill it, kill it. Ours in the past four years has been scratch where it itches, especially for the linebacker and the safety. Scratch where the guy in front of you itches, you know. So kind of same thing. Correct them if they're wrong. Right. All right, coach. Number nine, stunt or static? Stunt or static? Here we go. Probably, probably my my favorite favorite topic because I've I've changed over the years. Um, in the beginning, it was you know bring the house, uh, Buddy Ryan, Rex Ryan style. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just just absolutely come after it. Um, and then as the years go by, again, you start to realize that you can still be aggressive. Uh, without being stupid, okay? I think that's where, when we talk about aggression, um, if you can, I have a saying, if you can get there with four, why bring more? Right. I mean, if you're getting there with four, there's really no need to blitz. And I think that, um, you know, looking at the, the pro level, every, I think everybody's trying to figure out with the Chiefs, how can we <laughs> stop them with four? You know what I mean? Like, right. how can we – because uh, – and, and now I think they're starting to say, well, how can we stop them with three and have one guy spy Mahomes and still be able to – I mean, that's that's where your uh, matchups become so important and become nightmares. Um, you know, if, if you can get pressure on them without – being too aggressive, I, I think when, when I did the video, as I said in the video, if you can live somewhere in the middle of these, then you're doing pretty good. Right. Um, exactly. I think there's exactly. – there's let, let the game – and this is where I've changed over the years. Before I dictated calling a blitz, almost like, almost like these crazy offensive coordinators that I, that I joke around with, and say, man, you guys want to use every play in the playbook when you could probably use three. You know, hey, ha- I, offensive coordinators always want to show you how much they know. And, and you know, that's that's where I've come to the realization that why call a blitz just because I'm sitting over there bored and we're dominating in a game just just to call up a blitz. When I was younger, right, it was almost that mm-hmm. that ego in me was like. I'm dominating them. We're punishing them, but you know, we want to. Now you want to go off the top rope, people's elbow on them. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you know, Superfly Jimmy snuck off the top rope, you know, (laughs) I mean, and, and I don't think there's a need to do that because then you have breakdowns, right? That's when you end up having breakdowns and, you know, you look at it and, Lord, look at that Jets game. I mean, I, I, I thought to myself when that thing happened, one or two things, either he's tanking on purpose or, again, he's about to get fired. I guess I found out he wasn't tanking on purpose because they fired the man. Fired again. Um, I, I hope they didn't tell him to tank and then turned around and fired him. <laughs> um, but it's, you know, yeah, that's that's a rough one. That, that's rough. I mean, why? Right. Why? Well, I can tell you this. This is what I learned as a young defensive coordinator. Um, we had a group of kids that I was trying to stunt, trying to get movement out of them. But when did we play best? When I just let them play. When, I, when we were static. When, when, when I, our, I, I really don't think I called after week two or three that year. I don't think I called more than maybe a handful of stunts after that. And we played base. I mean, just because, one, they knew what they were doing. And they felt more comfortable. Just let me read my keys. And let me go run. Quit trying right. to put me somewhere where I don't want to go naturally. So that that that's so true. It's learning to find the balance and letting the kids dictate to you. you know, well, and I think with younger players. So, for instance, um, I had a sophomore linebacker. He's a senior now, 
And when he was a sophomore, he had to step in. Um, I actually, I graduated nine out of the 11 on my defense. It went eight and one, um, six points a game for the season, uh, seventh or eighth in the state as far as points allowed. And I graduated nine of the 11 and the other two transferred out for whatever reason as seniors. So literally I was putting 11 guys on the field. Um, at the time, the senior class coming up only had six seniors. Um, so here I had a sophomore stepping in to play middle linebacker for me. And I'm teaching him to read his keys. And I'm saying, okay, here's when he does this. You do this, read the triangle, yada, yada, right? We're going through. And, man, he was playing slow. He was just playing slow. And then, and then he came to me and he said, Coach, you think maybe you can blitz me a little bit more? And at first I'm like, blitz you, you, you're not like, you want to go to the next level, right? Because I tell them you have to earn the right to, to pass rush, right? You gotta, you gotta win first and second down to earn the right to rush the passer, you know, make sure that they're in a passing situation and I'll, you know, I'll give you, you know, what you want, but, you know, that was great because he came to me and said, hey, coach, I'm feeling uncomfortable. And at first, right, I'm like, eh. and then I'm like, okay, let's see what happens. And so I just started kind of rolling them, just rolling the dice. with, And all of a sudden, the kid's just running all over the field, making play after play after play. <laughs> and it was like that tentative went out of him. Right. So it was like, all right, now I have to decide, is this the best position for him? moving forward, which we have, he's my captain. He's going to be a senior this year. Great, great kid. I mean, he, but and now he can do both and he really can read. And he's like, coach, the game has slowed down so much. That's one thing he told me this summer when we're going through practice, he's just so laid back and cool and calm and easy. And I'm like, yeah, because this is your third year in the system. Like now, like all the jitters are gone. You know, there's no, there's really nothing that he hasn't seen at this point now after three years and playing as a sophomore getting varsity. that's the thing about this group that I feel so terrible about this group went out there sophomores and juniors and went five and four back to back years, um, made the playoffs one year at five and four, uh, last year because we had, uh, strength of schedule points the year before we were five and four, we didn't have enough strength of schedule points to make the playoffs. Um, so, but this group, like I said, they're excited because they've really put in the work to understand. And now this is supposed to be their time. Like, and I, you know, you feel, you feel terrible for them. Exactly. All right, coach. Number 10, man or zone. <clears throat> so uh, man or zone. For us, we like to go um, probably more zone. I'm probably more zone than man. Um, but at the same time, the best of both worlds, in my opinion, uh, we run to read palms, again, blue. Everybody has their own terminology, whatever they want to call it. Uh, for us, we call it to read um, because I feel like that's what we're getting the best of both worlds. Um, so we do have some things where we'll run um split field coverages as well so we may be running zone on one side man on the other right um again depending on the players that we're getting year to year and the players that that you have and going all the way back to one platoon or two platoon in the video and you know hopefully you guys anybody watching this goes and checks that out as well because some of this other stuff may make a little bit more sense um but you know Again, going back to what's the cost? How much does it cost? How much of your practice time does it take? And don't get me wrong, to read for freshmen coming in, I mean, it seems difficult. Pretty expensive. Pretty expensive to a okay. freshman. It, it, and, and it is. Um, but that comes back to me putting him maybe in the best position to succeed. Mm -hmm. So maybe as a freshman, if this kid's a freshman, and he's talented enough to play, and, and he can go out there and help me maybe play, you know, play cornerback or, or safety. Well, now I'm going to be looking at maybe putting him on the, um, you know, boundary side or our weak side, and maybe he's playing more man-to-man -man coverage, you know, because he's an athlete as we progress and teach him. Um, but 
I think it also comes down to the teaching as well. And the, this is where I encourage everybody, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, um, look and find, and again, find a way to break it down to your kids the way they understand. And I will tell, I will give 100% credit, um, uh, Coach Mack on YouTube, when it comes to split field coverages, the way he breaks it down, so simply, again, talking about using certain buzzwords mm -hmm. for guys. And, you know, because I, I went to all the clinic and I'm loving all this stuff. And like we just said, it's really expensive. For, it's, an, it's an expensive piece to put in the arsenal. Um, but when I started getting some, you know, looking at these buzzwords and saying, for instance, for your outside linebacker, when we run two read, two doesn't cross my face, three does not leverage me. That's, that's my, that's my job in, in coverage as, as that, that, you know, down safety that, you know, that fifth safety in there. I mean, it's literally as simple as that two doesn't cross my face, three doesn't not leverage me. And when we're working with them, and we see him not do his job for one reason or another, we, we again talk about um, those buzzwords, um, you know, uh, for, for cornerbacks, okay? Did he, go, did he go out, or I'm sorry, did he go in? Or did he, again, did he go in underneath linebacker level? Right. Okay, it, or out underneath linebacker level. If he went out underneath linebacker level, I jumped the route. If not, I'm basically manned up on this guy. Um, and, and that's where some teams um, go back and they do a two-read and play, play it more two-read, but then they'll play a quarter style where if, you know, um, if, if one, you know, if one um, goes under right away, that corner will just drop on back as quarters. Again, if he goes under right away, we're going to go ahead and let him go under. Right. Um, but we're going to kind of sink with our free safety and um, come across on some of those things too. But um, you're, the time that you have to put into something, whatever you're going to do, I guess what my, my main point is whatever you're going to do, put the time into it, right? 80% um, of all of our results come from 20% of our, our focus, right? right? So spend that focus time on that. So when our guys go over there um, and work coverage, it's basically a split line deal where we're doing half the field and we're running, um, you know, running our coverage beaters. Right. I mean, and that's, and that's all we do. So they, they just rep it and rep it and rep it. And when I go to seven, seven on sevens, again, we'll run it. And Obviously, most of the time you go to seven on seven, right? Everybody's running two man. Everybody's manned up underneath. Two free safeties to run all over. I could give. I don't care about that, right? Because I'm there to work what we're doing and get film on that. We get beat on it. That's fine. It's a learning experience to have on film to go back and say, "Here's what you did." Here's and and but once they get it. Once they get it, man, I tell you what, it really helps open up what you can do with some things. I would definitely say you need to focus on one and have the other as a curveball, change of pace. Um, that's the great thing about uh, split field is we are able to help dictate if I got a kid as a freshman that he's just not getting the two read. Well, you know what, if I play him at corner and we play him on the weak side, if we have some of our roll cover three stuff, he knows how to play cover three because a lot of youth teams are playing cover three. If they're playing any kind of coverage, you know, at the youth <laughs> level, most of the time it is cover three. Um, so they come in with some of that knowledge. But again, you make sure you've got a guy that can teach it and, and do it and go through it and knows what, you know, knows what you're, what you're looking to do. Awesome. So, awesome. And, and, and for us, morphing from four three, four two five, kind of three three, still too high. Uh, that three three too high. We were able to keep all our coverages. So even though our fronts and some of the stuff was changing up front, our techniques were basically the same. The coverages we were playing behind it are virtually the same. Again, a little a little curveball here or there, something new. 
um, not necessarily new, but something that running certain things you need to have, you know, in that toolbox. So, but for us, we're to read, uh, man, you know, some sky cloud um, type stuff, um, a, a little roll or cut cover three, uh, you know, again, some people may call it robber, you know, for us again, Term, that's another terminology, guys. Again, we're football guys. We know the terminology. FBI, man, teach these kids football intelligence. You can teach them terminology. But at the end of the day, you don't have to use all the terminology. You can use, again, you don't have to use robber and all this. Uh, yeah, I mean, you can break it down. Don't get me wrong. I've also, I, I know the, the counter to that is saying, well, you're not getting guys ready for the next level for all the different verbiage and lingo and everything that you're going to have to hear. And I would say to that at the same time, they have from seven in the morning with those guys till 10 o'clock at night at the next level as well. Yep. I mean, if, if a kid's a good student, right. He's and, and studies the game. He's going to be, he's going to be ready. It's not that I don't use, you know, when we're going through, I, I talk about this is a three tech, this is a five tech, this is here, but you know what? Ultimately, when I talk to Ken, I'm talking about him being a five tech. I could also just say, how about you take your inside eye and match it up with his outside eye here and tackle? Is that still five tech? Still five tech, coach. Does the kid probably understand that more than you telling him, I need you in a five tech? Yep. Probably does. You know, so the, the, any way you can get kids to understand and play faster, you're going to be a lot better on defense. Again, the more – that's that's why we coach defense, right? I joke with the guys, man. It's threes, effort, energy, and intensity. And they're like, coach, intensity is with an eye. I said, that's right. That's why I coach defense. <laughs> exactly. All right, coach, we're at the end of the show here. We're going to put a little pressure on you, bring in the house. All, All right. right. Best college rivalry game. Oh, man. Grow uh, Growing up, for me, it was always Miami-Florida State. Um, it, it doesn't have the, the luster and shine that it once did. Right. Um, but for me, growing up, I was a huge Hurricanes fan. So it either had to be FSU and uh, Miami or the uh, Catholics versus the Convicts. Um, <laughs> that rivalry, man, that rivalry for me growing up, Big. That was some of the most insane stuff I've ever seen on a football field. <laughs> like watching those games as a as a kid, like I'm like, this is what football is. And then it's like, yeah, it's not really like this at all, kind of, you know. Right. But yeah, I I I really like those. Um new you know, new age, new age, you know. That's that's a that's a tough one, new age, because again, I just I think we all feel like it's kind of Alabama, Clemson, and then everybody else these days. Pretty much. I just the way it feels like a lot of times. I don't know these days. I don't know. I just don't feel the rivalries as much these days. I mean, what do you what do you think compared? To, maybe I'm just being nostalgic. Well, and, and for me, you know, being an Ohio guy, Ohio State, Michigan, but I'm not getting it this year. But the one I make sure I always watch, Army Navy. Absolutely, Army Navy every year. Just because. Absolutely. Absolutely. Just because. Absolutely. All right, Coach. Bigger football legend, Bear Bryant or Nick Saban? Bear Bryant. There you go. Better, foot, better football movie, Rudy or We Are Marshall? Rudy. Really? Come yeah. on. Yeah. Oh, come on. I was hoping for Marshall. Well, I got my, my grandfather went to Notre Dame, um, okay. and then he also went to midshipman school. So, you know, the Navy Notre Dame game is always a big one in our yep. family. Um, I, oh, my goodness. My grandmother, yeah, she probably, she'd probably be all over me if I didn't talk about <laughs> it. If I was asked rivalry and didn't say Navy Notre Dame. <laughs> Uh, it's like, yeah, that's really big in our family. Maybe not, right. you know, all families. No, it's still, it's because, still a big game. Yeah, yeah, but um, – so, yeah, definitely okay. definitely got to have a little love for Rudy. Okay. All right, now here's the two off two non-football questions. All right. Is a hot dog a sandwich? 
Yeah, I consider a hot dog a sandwich. All right, all right, all right. Okay. My, my son would not. My son would not. He doesn't like it on a bun. He wants it <laughs> cut up to where he can fork it and dip it in the ketchup, okay. you know. Okay. All right. Now, I know where you're from. I know where Alton's from. You're a little closer to St. Louis. So, I had to ask this question. St. Louis or Kansas City style ribs, which one's better? Oh, Kansas City style. Yes. But, but, yes. But. But let, let, let's caveat that, and I will say nothing better than, than, than Memphis. Nothing oh. better than, than Memphis. <laughs> uh, yeah, there you go. Memphis-style ribs, pretty good. Uh, yeah, I mean, even – I mean, Casey's there, but something about that, that Memphis uh, sweet and spite. I mm-hmm. mean, can't, but, but, yeah, I got to go Kansas City. Um, look, I, I'm – I'm I'm close to St. Louis, but uh, I'm a I'm a Cubs fan as well. So, I, boy, I tell you what, I get a lot of grief over those the Cardinals, man. A lot of grief over those Cardinals. I understand. So, coach, this has been a blast. Absolutely. Thank you for having me on again. I uh, I enjoyed the uh, um, you know the the last episode that you had put out too, yep. and, and good luck with the uh, with the channel getting some things going and. And, you know, I sound like you decided to do this. The same reason I started to put up some YouTube content is love talking football. Just want to give back to a game that's, that's given us so much. It, it's, and, it's a blast. I was telling, I was telling some of the other guys today that yeah, I said, you know, I never thought that I would have as much fun, you know, doing these things just because it's fun to hear guys from different parts. And some of these guys I know, some of them I don't. And it's just great to hear, you know, people's stories and how they come up with thought process. And I'm telling you, listeners, you need to go check out Coach Johnson's uh, YouTube channel. I will put that link and the link exactly to the 12 decisions on designing a defense in the comments section. So, hey, everybody, thanks for tuning in. Hope to catch you here next time for another episode of Game Wreckers and Slobberknockers.